All right. Today's podcast. Got special guest, Andrew. Special gas? <laughs> right on. You're going to hear a lot of background noise in today's podcast because we're, uh, well, Andrew, you want to take it away what we're doing here? Not really. No. Uh, what we're doing is we're dinking around with this 2012 Kitty Cat. Uh, it's a 8-liter, 2-cylinder. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it's just regular run-of-the-mill 800 two-stroke from Articat. Uh, bought it pretty much sight out, sight on scene, blown top end, and we're starting to dig into it a little bit, and it kind of looks like it wasn't getting any oil. Yeah, that's what it definitely looks like. It's dry in there. Yeah, so that's primarily what the cause was for the malfunction, but we have two new cylinders, new pistons, gaskets, uh, we're gonna rebuild this little behemoth and hopefully have a $2,000 trinket here soon. Um, picked it up for $1,200. Uh, it's about like $900 for new cylinders and pistons and gaskets. So, I mean, it'll be about a $2,000 snow machine when it's done, but for the age, it's a pretty good deal. There we go. That one's stiff. That's the one that did it in. Oh yeah, that one's tore up. I think that's exactly what happened. Maybe got a little bit of water in there and run it dry. It's a good possibility. That's exactly what it looks like. I mean, actually the cylinder, not seeing a lot of scarring. I do see some, but other than that, there's not really any, there's not really any big grooves in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. This one doesn't seem bad at all, actually. I see some right there. Like maybe a little shred of middle, maybe. Like I think it's probably just the ring started shredding. Yeah, ring started shredding. That's exactly what happened. But, what were we doing with those nuts? You got them? Uh, yeah, I got them right there. Well, I was gonna put that one with it. So they're all together. So, Yank these pistons off and see if the, the crank's in decent shape or not. I don't feel any looseness in the piston, so I think we're I think we're good on that. I'm not seeing anything down in the case, like any chunks. I mean, it's that. I hate to say it, Andrew. That's exactly what he did. He didn't run any oil in this thing. Look at that. Look how dry that is. That doesn't have anything in there. Good lord. That doesn't have anything. There's not no residue or anything. That's hey, look how, yeah. Wow, look at the crank right there. Oh, fuck. That rub. Well, luckily, the guy shut it down right when he blew it, so. Yeah, he, he. Hopefully, he, there's no bottom end bearing cause, failure. Because that, here, I'm going to spin this real quick. You want to make sure the pistons ain't catching? Yeah, look at that. Look at the other side. See, the other side was getting something still. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. He ran it out of oil on this fucking right side. For some reason, the oil wasn't getting injected in. Uh-oh. And it, and it, I mean, the case should be good. I mean, the bearings are going to be an iffy one, though. But, I mean, if it's not slapping. Got some, eh, not too that, bad. That side still had lubricant to it a little bit. But this side's the one that dried up first. 
and seized. See right there, took out a chunk of the, it started seizing up against the cylinder right there. See it? it oh, wow. Yeah, yep. it started stripping it off. That Nicosol coating's either toast or this is just piston residue. Piston, it didn't, it didn't take, oh no, right there. Right there's where it fucking started kicking in. Right there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what happened. Ran it dry, either either he didn't put oil in the machine, or the pump shit out, or he turned it down. Something. Now on the sight glass, it's shown that we got plenty of oil, but that's not saying that oil was poured into there after, after the fact. Yeah, he could have. I mean, the key is down in there where the oil line hooks in. Which the pain in the ass part is that we all the shit set up around here. It's hard to get to that fucking line. Pardon my language, but because it runs underneath the machine, comes out to the front, and then hooks in underneath right there. See it? I don't. It's still connected. I can see it. It's still connected, but it's but seen better days. I can, well, I can see the plastic, and it doesn't really look that red in there. Like I'm pretty sure he. That's exactly what he did. Exactly what he did. He ran it dry. Well, I mean, it's good news because then we know what's wrong with it. Yeah, we got a sled for cheap. Yeah. Super cheap. So, <clears throat> the nice part I like about this is you're able to take the jugs off without taking the motor out. I had to, t I had to take the whole motor out of mine because, uh, what you call it, um, because I had chunks down in my case and I had to make sure that the case wasn't split. Oh. That was the biggest problem. If you get any pieces down in there, especially decent sized pieces, it can split that case up. And that's why I had to. Well, that's pretty good news. Yeah, I just coming out. So those are still, so those wrist pin bearings are good. All right. Cool. All right, let's, let's see about doing this get some more lighting in this damn place. Okay, so this is why Wiseco doesn't make their own wrist pin bearing kits is because they got recessed washers. Yeah. Nifty. Yeah. Okay, so... You've got any fucking locking rings for it, right? Or no? What's that? You got any locking rings for it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, those are... Garbage. Get it yet? Yep. <laughs> oh, damn. Took a minute. Uh -oh. Uh oh. Oh. Oh, it's still coming out. Here we go. Want to grab that? Yeah, let me adjust it out though so I can get to it. Right there. Oh, I, uh, I got new pins so you could just yank it out with the bias grips or whatever. Oh. Well, then that's, that's the case. Maybe. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, just finger it a little bit. Here, I'm gonna drop it down a little oh, bit. Oh, here we go. Oh, the other way. I got my, there you go. <laughs> don't yank it down too far. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be careful with it. A little Chinese finger trap. <laughs> a little bit more. About to shear those damn things off. Oh, here we go, that should come right out. Yeah, yeah, after my finger comes out. Right? 
Alright, so. Alright. Oh, we got some major scarring in there. I'll even show in the video because we can include this later. So as you can see. much of a difference but we will keep these with the cylinder that they came from all right just for shits and giggles you said you got any wrist berries or no oh yeah okay so yeah might as well so that's good news so this one was pto side i mean there's a little bit of oil chunks I mean it looks like the bearings still have some caking going around like <clears throat> oil going around them so I think we might be fine if you want give it a little tug I'll hold the rods he said hold the rods <laughs> I mean she's operating pretty smooth there you go. I think she's fine I think she caught it just in time before he totally screwed it over. It's for a girl, so it'll be all right. <laughs> My wife will kill me. <laughs> right? But oh, well. Some of the some of the issues with your sled, make sure you've always got oil in your sled. Mm -hmm. You know? Here. Mm -hmm. But but now the root cause now the main thing though is we gotta make sure it gets fucking oil to it. Cause I don't know. The question is, is where was it failing on delivering oil? Mm -hmm. You know, is it coming from the pump itself? Is it coming from, you know, or is it coming from the carbs? You know what? Carbs? What are you talking about? This thing's in your pot. I know. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of oil caked up in the front of this damn thing. Like, it should have been sucking up, but I wonder if he turned it down. I know there's a way to turn them down. Maybe it got turned down accidentally? Well, I'm trying to remember how it turns down. Like, I think it's actually adjustment on the on, the, on this is what turns down. So you got the linkage here for the throttle that goes down to the oil pump. See it there? Yep. And that's to the oil pump, and it's an adjustment, I think, on that. So it adjusts out the flow. Oh, maybe right like, at that armature. You the have to take that off and then adjust it out in order to turn it down. As far as I know, I don't know. Well, riddle me this. Now, why would somebody actually turn their oil down? Um, fouling of plugs. They could have mistaken it that they're getting, uh, what is it? So they, I see a lot of guys that have been mistaken it for getting water uh, in their intake because on these Arctic cats, this frog skin underneath the cowling here, these get holes or spots in them and they suck in powdery, sugary snow. And then they get that bog and they think they're fouling plugs out. And they think it's because they're, uh, they're running too rich in oil because these machines are, they run rich in oil. And so what they do is they turn down, and they don't like the fact of how much oil it consumes too. So they turn those down, and then you get a problem like this. So, yeah. 
Well, I hate to say it for all these people that are buying 10, $15,000 snow machines, don't skimp out on $40 a gallon for oil. I know, right? It's not that big of a deal. Well, on these ones, that's really nice to do is what helps it also too, is to help keep the, the life of the fuel pump in good shape too, is dump a little of that two cycle down the tank, like two to uh, two ounces every fill up. Yep. Usually pretty good. Um, Usually like beginning of the season, I might, uh, after I ran a tank, I'll throw like four, or, or if I'm using like high octane gas, I'll throw four ounces in there. Initial break-in for these things, they recommend putting four in the tank from the beginning um, and then running it. Oh, check this out. I think that's for the gear case. I think that's what it is, like a breather for the gear. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, makes sense. The bearings look pretty good. I mean, this seal over here looked like it was starting to pop out. So, but I mean, it's still tight. I had this issue on the other, on the 15. The seal here popped out. The bearing was still in good shape, but just the seal popped it. So I slotted it full of grease because the only way to get this bearing out is to take that whole gear casing off the other side and pull the whole shaft because you got to bolt it from here. Pull the whole shaft and gear casing out. And then you gotta press these bearings out. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I wonder if I can just get away with putting this, <laughs> recoating it with grease and then putting the seal back in. It pressed back in, it hasn't fallen out yet, so. Oh, wow. But, everything else looking pretty. There's that spring you lost. Oh, well, got it. Yeah. There she be. There she be. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, everything else looking in pretty good shape. Spider web of coils. Yeah, so this this was supposed to actually run down through here, hmm. and it rubs on there, right there is where it rubs. Oh, yeah, so, that but, makes sense. Where they route it up and over. Yeah, so it doesn't rub. They'd rather have it rub onto the frame there than rub onto the coils. I don't mind it like that if you've got this style of pull cord on it, but if you've got the other one, it's too much drag putting it back into the recoil. It's like a rot wire. It'll chew through the aluminum before the cable will break. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, alright. Shell looks pretty good, but after we rebuild these cylinders, we need to figure out why it's not getting enough weight. I can see the line here. It doesn't look like it's kinked up. They've got the coating on it. So like it should be usually these pumps didn't fail so be some late night research of uh, finding issues on how oil pump failures occur or if it's a clog somehow right something well you know I had to, had to clean it out I mean I haven't really I remember I was searching it because I was remembering uh, when I first was learning about how to turn them down I was trying to figure exactly out I was trying to do a lot of research on how to turn them down and I wasn't finding too much on it so, but yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, there's nothing like getting all the way out, out in the field somewhere riding around. I also noticed that his clip here for his temperature was busted, like he tried pulling it off before or something, mm. broke the clip off. That's what it looked like. Mm -hmm. And then before we start putting the cylinders on, you gotta case out those holes clean it up, put it on, mm -hmm. rub everything down a little bit two cycle. Mm -hmm. That's what I do with mine every time. Those guys uh, that I got the stuff from, they were like, oh, you don't need to do that. And I was like, yeah, I do it anyways though. I don't like metal on metal when I put stuff back together. You know, I'll put a little, just 
dab my finger in the two cycle, rub it around everything, and put it back together. And it gives it a little pre-coating. Yeah, with exception of these motors being kind of sideways, if it was vertical, you just take a cap of oil, dump it right down the cylinder on top of the piston, swish it around a little bit, and you good to go. Yeah, I was trying to get a better look in there. Down in that casing, I'm sure. Top part. like pretty clean down in there don't it that little bit of residue no sparkly sitting in it kind of seems like this guy shut her down at right you know the last minute yeah or else it would have been worse probably, probably right when it was starting to bog and kicked it off yeah. oh there's some, there's a little bit of oil down there it's just sitting down there but... <laughs> not nearly enough right i know that thing should be caked well and the exhaust should be too that's what's got me baffled too It's a possibility, but... Mm, yeah, but it wouldn't have, It wouldn't be dry in there like that, I yeah. don't think. So it's really hard to tell unless he warmed it up too much and then maybe just went gung-ho on it. But well, no, they bog out. They don't let you go gung-ho. Oh. It, it, it bogs out. I, when mine starts overheating, yeah, you won't get power out of it. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's almost like a limp mode. I, I don't know for sure if it does have like a limp mode on it, but yeah, if you start overheating it, it bogs out. It won't let you go. So that being said, it's kind of trying to figure out why it failed and how we can prevent it next time. Yeah, motors come to worse, pre-mix all your fuel. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against something like that because I know how. I mean, all you really do is you just basically cap off your oil line. I mean, well, actually, I don't know because you have to delete it out of the ECU. Because the well, the ECU should be reading that it's not getting oil. Actually, what we should have done is you probably first thing right off the bat probably should have taken it over to Articat and hook it up real quick to see what codes it had in it. Oops. Which I actually think you can still do. I think you can pull off that, uh, you might be able to pull that AC out and take it to them and they might be able to run it. I can't remember if they can or not, but, and they can pull up to see if it reads any codes. If it reads codes like no oil, then he obviously ran out of oil and it, and still ran it anyways. Yeah. Was it his machine or did he have his woman ran it or what? You said it was his. Mm. You never know. Could have just, I've neglected it sometimes when this thing's yelling at me that it's overheating because it only flashes. It doesn't make any sounds. It just flashes. And if you're not paying attention to it, you won't know. Yeah. So. The owner that I bought it from said he purchased it the year before, ran the whole year just fine. And then first ride of the year, that's when it went tits up on him. So, who knows, maybe he didn't, 
Could have had a fucking air bubble. Like maybe a slow leak in the line and had an air bubble in the line because it doesn't pump the oil through there that fast. So you could have had maybe a bubble in the line and it just ran long enough to where it wasn't getting oil in it. Yeah. And maybe at the, the end of that one area, you just ran the oil tank bone dry. Maybe. Could have been. But hopefully it doesn't make that mistake a second time because he was uh, heading off to go get a brand spanking new snow machine. So. Right. Well, I mean, the good news is, though, is it's no, no crank damage. I mean, what we're looking, we're not seeing any cracks inside there. We're not seeing scarring inside the case. We're not seeing uh, not seeing pieces in the breeze and metal shaving. So the casing's good, but the pistons definitely are scarred and seized. So Won't be reusing those again. No, no. Well, I mean, the one you could. <laughs> the one looks fine still. The other side's toasted. In a pinch, I suppose. You know, it's kind of funny, though, is on my 15, it's the same side that toasted. The mag or the PTO side? Yeah, same side that toasted on that, on that 2015 I'm working on. Maybe it's just capping. Maybe. But I just went ahead and replaced both sides, though, because there was a little bit of scarring on the other side from <clears throat> probably him doing something else. Mm -hmm. So I just replaced both of them. I, I'm a firm believer that balance... I'm not gonna put a brand new thing on one side and leave the old one on the other side. I like balance. They're gonna make them both brand new. <laughs> yep, going cheap for that matter. I mean, if you can only afford one cylinder, maybe you should hold off and wait, wait. till you can afford the other. Well, that's kind of how it was. I mean, it's it's surprisingly, it's actually not that bad. Cause I mean, I think on that other one, I think it was $940 to rebuild that other one. And that was, I pulled the whole casing apart and everything. And that was redoing the jugs and all that stuff to it. And it was like nine, yeah, 940 or something like that. That's what I spent. Yeah. And that's two brand new jugs, two uh, brand new pistons and shit. If you're in a pinch, I could see just doing one side, but. Yeah. You want to go ride? You want to go ride tomorrow? You know? <laughs> want to go ride tomorrow and you're in a bind and uh, you only got one jug that's toasted. So, and it's an epic powder day of like 10 feet powder. You know what? Yeah. On the other hand, I'm a firm believer of doing it right the first time. Yeah. That way you don't have to dig back in it later. Yeah. For a long time. That's kind of where I'm sitting. That's why I haven't been really running that other, uh, I haven't been really running that other machine because I don't have absolutely all the other parts to it. Like I was missing an anti-stab, I was missing the, the, all kinds of stuff to it still. And I was like, yeah, we'll just, I got it out there. Well, I didn't know the anti-stab was gone. <laughs> But uh, it wasn't until I heard a little thud thud because I, you know, everything was working except we just blew up the motor. And then all of a sudden, like, I go to run it and then I hear a little thud thud action. I'm like, what's that sound? It's not like a ratchet. And get under there and I see there's no end caps on the damn rails. I'm like, well, who took the damn end caps off? But so called her day and each, it's still in breaking mode, is what we're doing with it right now. That being said, anti stab kits cats are not always completely necessary for people that didn't know that and get a brand new snow machine and just buy one think right i mean you well don't. you don't need them but i mean it depends on your sled they're definitely handy well i mean for 40 bucks why not for a 1500 track true 40 bucks save a track now uh, Devin, you know uh let 
me know if I'm wrong or not, but that's also dictated by the pitch of your track because say if you got like an old ski-doo pitch that's the what, two, five, two? Like this model here actually, it's primed for that because it's the tracks down further from the gear case. Now, on the new ones, they drop the gear case down so it's not as steep of a pitch. So on this particular model and like the 15 model and even like mine, that it's a steeper pitch to it. That's why they trench out really bad because it's trying to dig instead of actually trying to push it. Cheap insurance. Mm-hmm. But I think, oh, you don't have an anti-stab on yours. You've got the anti-ratcheting drivers though. I do? Yeah. Oh, look at her. Yeah. <laughs> Finding all sorts of goodies. I got Ski-Doo ice scratchers. Mm-hmm. Anti-ratchet drivers. I know, well, we put new ice ages on mine, on my, my rails. Um, I, I gotta say, I'm not impressed with them. Poor, you know, poor customer service. You know what Very poor. would be interesting is if somehow we pulled the covers off this thing and there was a turbo in there. <laughs> yeah, so about No, that. you don't want turbos on these, man. I have horror stories. Every time I hear people putting a turbo on an Articat, I mean, they do good. They got a lot of power to them and they will get it, but damn, it shortens that motor life up. I mean, it really tears them up. You ain't gonna... You know, you're gonna get maybe a season or two out of it, especially if you're, I mean, cause if you're gonna have, if you're gonna have a turbo, you gotta fit there for a specific reason. And that's to get into some place. And so you're running the motor hard. And these, these ones weren't designed to have the turbo to it. Yeah, they make it for it, but they're not really designed for it. Huh. I think that's all for the time lapse. Which is fine, cause we got it all the way taken apart. Mm-hmm. But. We're 25 minutes. We've got about another five minutes and we'll call it into the podcast. But mm-hmm. 25 minutes, had it completely ripped down, stripped, figured out what's wrong with it. And in a minute, it's all about trying to get everything lubed back up and put back into place. And yeah. I don't need a turbo, anyways. Yeah, and I mean, it's, unless you're getting into some gnarly places, there is really no reason for a turbo. Plus, well, with this track, it's not going to do you any good anyways. The turbo's not going to do you any good with this, with this particular track. I'm more of a... If you had some three-inch paddles on a 163, maybe, mm-hmm. I'd say all four, man, turbo will do you good. But on the 153 with only 2.6 paddles on it, yeah, you're going to just keep trenching it everywhere you go. It's not going to do you any good. If you want it, get it. If you don't need it, eh, it's debatable. Mm-hmm. For me, let's see what, this 800 motor probably has what, 150, 160 horsepower maybe? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm sitting at about a one to one ratio then. Because mm-hmm. that's all I weigh. <laughs> right, fucking. Me on the other hand, we have more heavier shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause, I mean, that might get the same motor in it, but I'm... 220 is where I'm sitting at. So it's like one, one, uh, two to one. One to two, is that where that ratio goes? Yeah, like one and a half. Yeah. What I'm sitting at. <clears throat> Here's where the oil line goes underneath a bit. I can't tell if that's water or oil that's kicked under there. Yeah, I can't either. Maybe just water. Because I can see it in the line over here, because you'll see the line coming up over here. See where it comes up into that pump? Yeah. You can see it there, and it's it's red, it's full. Like, it's getting to it. So, and I don't see any 
red oily residue that would indicate that it's going anywhere other than where it's supposed to go. Well, and the other the only way to really tell is if you pull that uh, sheeting or uh, sleeve off that hose, because that's uh, that's like a whole another hose in, over a hose. Yeah. So if you pull that off and there's oil inside there, then obviously you got a leak. But that's actually a really nice uh, cover for it. Uh, that's like, it's almost kind of like, I don't know, wired hose. The wire then heat shield? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to have a leak somewhere, it's either going to be right there or it's going to be right at that connection. It's going to be, because that's one solid piece all the way through. And there's not really anything, unless he stabs something up through, which he shouldn't have, you know. You're not going to puncture that or wear it. I'm not seeing anything bad underneath there. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Right? It could be just mystery. It's one of those things where you just, you like, you want to ask him, but you don't want to insult him. <laughs> Did you forget to put oil in it, bud? Oh, well, and then. I mean, on the other hand, they could just straight up lie to you. Oh, I've never let it run out of oil. Ever. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, at that point in time, if you let it run out of oil, I mean, because, well, I guess that could, because if you said you ran out of oil, then you're possibly thinking that the cranks are, you know, all the bearings and stuff are bad. And so that may be what was helping them sell the machine. Watch, I did a video the other day uh, to help people recognize shit like that, because... That was the main reason why I did the video. I saw so many guys last year that got ripped off of sleds. Yep. You know? Well, uh, and that being said, that's why I took the video into consideration while buying this sled. I mean, I know a little bit about snow machines, the values, how much work goes into them to rebuild them, et cetera, et cetera. And I, you know, I wasn't going to turn down free advice. So when I came and check, checked out this snow machine, the price that he was selling it as, if the motor was just completely junk as is, mm -hmm. it was still worth $1,200 in parts. Yeah. If not more. Yeah. Well, I got two sleds here sitting there constantly working on. <laughs> actually, my ACR my actually, I don't really do too much work. I replace out ARs. But other than that, Right. Yeah, I mean, they specifically made that video because, well, Corbin's the one that set me off last year. Because Corbin, so Luther ran into that problem, bought a brand new Alpha, brought a brand new Alpha, and then he gets one ride in, motor blows. Corbin does the same thing, buys a new sled, gets five minutes of riding in, blows the motor. And I'm like... Okay, so obviously these guys knew something was wrong with the sled before they sold it, because you don't go just one ride blowing a motor. I mean, obviously something was wrong with it before. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but, well, shit, I think we're, I think that's it for the podcast this go around. We'll talk more about this later and do another one probably, especially after riding and stuff like that. But, yeah, we'll catch you later. We'll send this off to Joe, and Joe's going to publish it. Bye. We'll catch you next time. Later, man. Later.